Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, the last day of August, and we start with local news. The Murray County Commission approved at its August full meeting an amended guaranteed maximum price for the updated Judicial Center, In June, the building committee sent the commission a recommendation to move forward with a cost of $33.9 million, 159000 under the budget. At the time, Jamie Spencer, with the development firm Hewlett Spencer, said the reason the job was able to come in under budget was due to the early release packages. The commission, in making that decision, saved over $300,000 by approving that early release package, Spencer said. Now, the county has approved a resolution which would take almost $1.5 million out of the county's general fund balance. The two-story, 55,000-square-foot center is currently under construction and is set to open in October of 2024, Murray County Commission Chair Eric Previtti said. In other news from the meeting, the commission also approved a resolution accepting the SRO, or School Resource Officer Endowment Grant, from the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security for the Murray County Sheriff's Department. Chairman Previtti said up until this point, the county has funded the SROs through the sheriff's budget. That said, the sheriff has requested more because of growth in the county, Previtti said. The state has funded to pay for SROs all through the state. In other words, the state is going to pay for SROs instead of the county, he said. The grant, which totals $1.65 million, would provide SROs in all K-12 public schools with no matching funds required. The funds may also be used for expenses directly related to placing an SRO in a school, which includes salary, benefits, training, and equipment. The state would make funds available to a local law enforcement agency after the agency presents the state with a memorandum of understanding between the agency and the local education agency or public charter school. The agency would provide one full-time SRO to every school in the LEA or public charter school. The grant, which began July 1st, will be in effect until June 30th of 2024. The State General Assembly put $140 million in the state budget for 2023-24 to fund SROs statewide and is expected to maintain that funding in future years. A Hilton brand hotel to be located at the Spring Hill Town Crossing multi-use development is now seeking approval by the Municipal Planning Commission to increase its capacity. The Town Crossing development is located at the southeast corner of Port Royal Road and Saturn Parkway. Of the many features being planned for the project, one of them is a 120-room hotel. A request by applicant WES Engineering was brought before city planners this week, seeking a modification to the hotel's capacity and parking. The request included increasing the number of rooms from 120 to 159, as well as decreasing the parking requirements from one and a half spaces per room to about one space per room. The reason they are doing this is that they are increasing to the number of rooms they are entitled to, which originally was 120 rooms. They are now seeking to be entitled to 159, Spring Hill Development Director Peter Hughes said. Based on the submittal, staff is recommending approval, and we are recommending approval based on industry standards. What they are presenting is the right amount of parking on the site, and in addition to that, the site in general across the mixed-use development has plenty of parking where people can park throughout the day as well, he said. 
The Spring Hill planning staff report notes that the requested parking modification would only affect the hotel lot portion of the multi-use property. The Spring Hill Town Crossing development, which encompasses nearly 51 acres, was originally approved by the Board of Mayor and Aldermen in late 2020. In addition to the hotel, the site will also include include 48,500 square feet of grocery space, 4,500 square feet for a gas station convenience store with 20 gas pumps, 5,000 square feet of standalone restaurant space, 4,500 square feet of drive through restaurant space, 12,500 square feet of retail space, 11,000 square feet of office and retail space, and 334 multifamily apartments. Alan O'Leary, representing WES Engineers, said the project is currently finalizing its sewer capacity analysis, as well as preparing the hotel's design, pending the Planning Commission's vote. We will be forwarding the sewer analysis over to the city next week. We know they are planning to bring two Hilton products in, O'Leary said. We haven't moved forward with the engineering or architectural design until we made sure we could get approval of the parking variation and extending the number of rooms, he said. Commissioner James Golius said, asked if the reduction in parking would affect the required number of ADA spaces. O'Leary said originally there were about 170 spaces and the modification would only affect maybe three of them. Alderman Matt Fitterer described the request as a more efficient use of the land and that he appreciated the applicant bringing it forward with the proposed modifications. No votes were taken during Monday's work session meeting, but the board agreed the item should appear on the Planning Commission's consent agenda in September, or listed among other items deemed non-controversial and are voted together as a group. Columbia native and former Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association Executive Director Bernard Childress will be the second recipient of the Columbia Peace and Justice Initiative's Legacy Award. The organization, founded three years ago to celebrate the legacy of African Americans in Murray County by exploring history, promoting justice, expanding understanding, and inspiring conversation for a better community, will honor Childress during a November 1st luncheon at the Memorial Building. The Legacy Luncheon is an opportunity for us to recognize the achievements of individuals who have accomplished great things in our community, and not only in our community, but have broadened the scope of their influence. CPJI President Trent Ogilvie said in announcing this year's honoree. Bernard is from Murray County. He grew up here in the community. He's been a great leader and educator and athlete. He went on to lead the TSSAA and has had great influence across the state. We want to recognize him and his work as far as athletics because of the great impact that's had, Ogilvie said. Dr. Krista Martin, Columbia State Executive Director of Access and Inclusion and former two-term vice mayor for the City of Columbia, was recognized last fall as the CPJI's inaugural Legacy Award recipient. I've been blessed to receive several awards through my athletic career, from induction into the Columbia Central Athletic Hall of Fame, the Belmont University Athletic Hall of Fame. I've had several national honors with the National Federation of High School Athletic Associations. Nothing means more to me than to be recognized by an organization in your own hometown, Childress said. For them to say, we see what you've done and you've made a positive impact and we appreciate it, that means more to me than anything. I really appreciate all the other awards I've received. I'm very humbled by them. But when someone in your hometown, many I went to school with, with classmates, say, Bernard, you made a difference. It brings chills. It almost brings tears to my eyes, he said. 
Expected to speak at the luncheon are Mark Reeves, who succeeded Childress last summer as TSSAA Executive Director following Childress's retirement, Chris Pointer, Athletics Director for Murray County Public Schools, and a member of the Childress family. In addition, CPJI will present its MVP award during the event to the Morgan family. Willie Morgan is the first African-American to hold the title of Columbia Parks and Recreation Director, and Savaya Morgan, his granddaughter, is a Columbia Central senior who is expected to sign a softball scholarship this fall with the University of Tennessee. We want to look at not only the past history of African-American achievement, but we also want to recognize those who have presently made an impact on our current history, Ogilvy said. That is the real purpose of the Legacy Luncheon, to recognize those individuals and hopefully inspire those in our community to recognize the achievements and motivate others to continue to work and strive, because if you can see it, you can be it, and you can do it, he said. Space for the ticketed event, which will begin at 12 noon, is limited. For ticket or sponsorship information, you can email columbiapeaceandjustice at gmail.com. For the second time in as many years, a 33.7-acre property rezoning request has been denied by the Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Aldermen. The project, located just north of Allendale Elementary School at 2841 Hurt Road in Williamson County, was requesting R2 and R3 designation from Ag in order to build 78 single-family homes. Despite the property being deemed residential in the city's comprehensive plan and all three of the surrounding properties have R2 designation, the board denied the request. Much of the concern for the development was construction traffic on Hurt Road. Adam Crunk of Crunk Engineering said the company had not completed a traffic study to determine the level of traffic the development would generate and therefore hesitated to make any commitments or improvements ahead of the vote. Legally, the board can't stipulate conditions for zoning requests. This state cannot do contract zoning. You cannot zone something on the condition they will do something, City Administrator Pam Kasky said. The question has become, is the rezoning of this property consistent with the comprehensive plan, and is it consistent with the neighborhood characteristics around it? If it meets those criteria, then rezoning would be appropriate, but that does not mean you have to rezone, she said. Kasky did say the assumption is, whatever the negative impacts this zoning brings, in the preliminary plan stage, the developer will be required, as conditions of the plan, to solve it. Krunk said his client intended to make improvements, but not until there was more information. If this property were to be rezoned, we would meet with staff to make sure we have all the proper locations for connections to adjacent city streets. We only want to study the streets that would be impacted, but we're a little ways away from that. Yes, Hurt Road is one of those roads. I don't think there is any circumstance where we don't connect to Hurt Road, he said. I think it's going to make a big difference about how many cars we are going to add to Hurt Road. In terms of fairness, the most fair thing to do when it comes to any roadway improvement is to improve the portion of the road that's adjacent to our property and on our side. He said, Alderman John Canapari was vehemently opposed to the project due to what he called adverse impact on the residents along Hurt Road. Alderman Trent Linville said he would be more open to the idea of of rezoning if there was better data on the traffic impact. Kasky noted that one of the unique problems Spring Hill has battled over the years is an unorthodox pattern of growth, which has been one of the main contributors to traffic congestion. This city did not grow from the inside out. Most cities grow from the inside out. We didn't, she said. One of the reasons we have so many problems with traffic construction and some of these development infrastructure is we didn't grow out. 
We have construction in the middle of all of these homes that all got developed. And how do they get the same right everybody around them got? That's a fairness question only you can answer, she said. Several citizens spoke on the project during public comments with a mix of positive and negative reactions to the request, but one topic of conversation was a proposed 11 acres of parkland donated to the city. The 11 acres of proposed parkland was ignored by the Planning Commission, but a year ago the Parks Director evaluated it and proposed it as a land adoption not to be donated to the city, resident Tim Hidley said. As a federally mandated floodplain, sidewalks, park benches, and even dirt trails cannot be constructed on that land. It can only be left as pure wetlands. It would not provide any value to the city, he said. The city's staff report actually shows 20.8 acres as parkland space, 11 of which would be unusable for the city. For Eric Droge, husband of Planning Commissioner Commission Chair Liz Droge, his comments were on a more personal level. I think those are legitimate concerns, but I'm concerned as to why did detractors choose this one, he asked. We're dealing with a philanthropic family here in Spring Hill who have served and been very generous to the city. They are ready to unburden themselves and benefit from the rewards of the sale. Our jobs are to take care of people of Spring Hill, he said. Kasky said she believes that long-term, the land would become residential as the city's comprehensive plan alludes. Resident David Hubner said this is a major concern of his if the rezoning request were pushed down the line. Thousands of new rooftops are being built over the coming years. The Hurt Road development contains a mere 78 homes, likely, as I call it, slow-built over several years, he said. Bigger homes built on spacious lots. I would rather see these 78 homes built, which is not very many, than years from now have a different board of mayor and aldermen approve something such as hundreds of townhomes or condos or apartments on this land, he said. Alderman Jason Cox, who is one of two board members to vote yes on the project in 2022, said his vote would remain unchanged, though he added the city would need to follow through on improvements in their own right. I felt we were further along getting Port Royal Road and Buckner Road widened. Hurt Road needs to be addressed, but with two years, that turns it on us to make sure we get Fire Station 4 built and we have to address Port Royal Road and Buckner Road, he said. Cox, Matt Fitterer, and William Pomeroy voted yes, while Mayor Jim Hageman, Brent Murray, Linville, and Canapari voted against. Vice Mayor Kevin Gavigan abstained, and Alderman Vincent Fuqua was absent from the meeting. The Charter Appeals Commission wants to hear from Murray County residents. On September 21st, the American Classical Education Charter Appeal will be heard in Murray County at Horace O. Porter School, located at 1101 Bridge Street in Columbia. The Appeals Commission wants to hear whether Murray County citizens are for or against a charter school in Murray County. The Murray County Public Schools Board of Education voted down the amended application by American Classical Education to open the county's first public charter school this summer. The Charter Commission is accepting written public comments for the public hearing on the American Classical Academy Murray Public Charter School Appeal. The Commission will continue to accept written public comments until one week after the conclusion of the public hearing, September 28th at 4 p.m. In accordance with the Tennessee Open Records Act, any comment submitted by a member of the public and the name and basic contact information of anyone who signs up to make a comment is considered a public record and may be provided in response to a public records request. Please contact charterschool.appeals at tn.gov with any questions.
Columbia's first annual Arts in Murray will take place at the Memorial Building on Saturday, September 9th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., a fundraiser for the Crossroads to Home Coalition. The event will feature local artwork, including paintings, photography, sculpture, stained glass, pottery, and jewelry. Additionally, a tasting of both food and wine can be enjoyed from noon to 4 p.m. Grinder Switch and Natchez Hills will provide the wine and food. This art, wine, and cheese event is sponsored by TriStar Bank, and all proceeds benefit the Crossroads to Home Cafe. At the cafe, homeless individuals can have a cup of coffee, eat lunch, take a shower, and find needed items of clothing. They also find people who listen and care. Every effort is made to connect them with organizations that specialize in their area of need. With a stated goal to provide a hand up, not just a hand out, the Crossroads works towards connecting people with what they need to live as valued, comfortable residents of Murray County. According to Organization Board President Dr. Mark Kirschbaum, Arts in Murray provides a connection between those with a great need in our community and art, which is a great gift in our community. No stranger to organizing art shows, Joe Kilgore and the Art Show Committee have put together an exciting event that celebrates Murray County while making it a better home for all its people. Admission to Arts in Murray is $25 per person. Ages 10 and under can attend free of charge. Tickets are available online at eventbrite.com or in person at the cafe located 1001 Galloway Street, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Billy Keith Martin Sr., 91, a retired sergeant with the Tennessee Highway Patrol and a resident of Columbia, died Monday, August 28th at NHC Murray Regional Transitional Care. Funeral services will be conducted on Thursday at 2 p.m. at Graymere Church of Christ. Burial will follow in Haynes Cemetery. Honors will be provided by the Tennessee Highway Patrol Honor Guard. The family will visit with friends on Thursday from 12 p.m. until service time at the church. Mr. George Otis Cochran, 90, a retired employee of Ford Motor Company, a custodian of Kaiser Elementary School and a resident of Ypsilanti, Michigan, died Saturday, August 26th at, at, at Angela Hospice in Livonia, Michigan. Graveside service for Mr. Cochran will be held at 11 a.m. Friday, September 1st at Anderson's, Anderson Stevenson Hunt Cemetery in Hickman County. The family will visit with friends on Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Dickie Wayne Voorhees, 54, lifelong resident of Columbia, died unexpectedly on Monday, August 28th at Vanderbilt Medical Center. Funeral services for Mr. Voorhees will be conducted on Friday at 1 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Thursday from 4 to 7 p.m. at the funeral home. Janice Gilly of Atlanta, Georgia, passed away on August 26th. A memorial service will be held Friday, September 1st at 3 p.m. at St. Peter's Episcopal Church, located at 311 West 7th Street in Columbia. Burial will follow in St. John's Churchyard at Ashwood. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 2 p.m. until service time at the church. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here. 
to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have a near-perfect day today with lots of sunshine and a high of 81 degrees. Winds will be out of the north-northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect clear to partly cloudy skies and a low of 60 degrees. Winds will be light and variable. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you ready for some good old family fun? Don't miss the Murray County Fair. Coming back to Murray County Park from August 31st to September 4th. Finish the summer with an extra special time at the Murray County Fair. You'll find a free kid zone. The Jump and Run events will pay $12,000 in prizes. Rodeo Air, Livestock Show, and much more. It's all the things you love, all together at the Murray County Fair. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Murray County Fair and Expo to check out all the events. We'll see you at the fair from August 31st to September 4th. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. 
Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Avenue and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Some cities are made for walking, but Nashville and Memphis are not, according to a recent pedestrian safety study. The company Kuru Footwear ranked 37 U.S. major metro cities to determine which cities are the safest for people on foot and which are not. Memphis came in at the bottom of the list as the most dangerous U.S. city for walkers, scoring an 8 out of 100 on the total safety score, and Nashville came in second to last with a score of 13 out of 100. Both cities have seen an increase in pedestrian deaths in the last several years, according to reports from the Memphis Commercial Appeal and the Tennessean. These cities may have some work to do to ensure their pedestrians stay safe while walking on foot. Addressing these issues identified in pedestrian safety is essential to create a more secure environment for residents and visitors alike, according to Kuru. In 2022, both cities had a record number of pedestrian deaths. The number of pedestrians killed in the city of Memphis rose to 83 in 2022, compared to 42 in 2019, 66 in 2020, and 61 in 2021, according to the city. Two cyclists were also killed in Memphis in 2022. In Nashville, 48 pedestrians and two cyclists were killed in the city's roads in 2022. Memphis and Nashville topped the list of the worst cities for pedestrians. Here are the rest of the list. After Memphis and Nashville came Tucson, Arizona, followed by Jacksonville, Florida, Louisville, Kentucky, Indianapolis, Indiana, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Detroit, Michigan, Fresno, California, and Atlanta, Georgia. The top 10 safest U.S. cities for pedestrians? New York City, number one, followed by Boston, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Seattle, Philadelphia, Denver, Portland, and Los Angeles. Gas prices in Tennessee are moving less expensive ahead of Labor Day weekend. The Tennessee gas price average is now $3.40, which is four cents more expensive than one month ago, but four cents less than one year ago. The Tennessee average for a gallon of regular gasoline is $3.37 on Labor Day of 2022. Today's state average is only three cents more expensive. Here's some quick facts. 85% of Tennessee gas stations have prices below $3.50. Tennessee is now the sixth least expensive market in the nation. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Three, two, one.
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Elijah Browning from Thompson Station ran the intense obstacle course in this week's episode of American Ninja Warrior on August 28th and will advance to the second stage of the finals airing on Monday, September 4th. In this round, the ninjas must complete the eight-obstacle course in under two minutes and 50 seconds, facing new obstacles, the gambler, and thread the needle. Season 15 has implemented a lot of changes from previous seasons. It will challenge the ninjas to race side-by-side and head-to-head across a high-stakes course with a spot of the national finals on the line. Browning previously completed in seasons 13 and 14 of American Ninja Warrior. His latest venture when he's not training for the show is with Vanderbilt Hospital, training a group of young people with physical limitations and disabilities. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.